It's Tuesday, January 28th. This is an impeachment update from Post Reports. I'm Jessica Contrera, in for Martine Powers. The Senate will convene as a court of impeachment. The chaplain will lead us in prayer. Trump's defense lawyers finished their opening arguments today in the Senate impeachment trial. Just to give you a very quick, brief overview of today, we do not intend to use much of that time today, Mr. Chief Justice. We intend to be, our goal is to be finished by dinner time and well before. We'll have three presentations. There wasn't much new information in what his lawyer said. In our presentation so far, you've now heard from legal scholars from a variety of schools of thought, from a variety of political backgrounds. But they do have a common theme with a dire warning. Danger, danger, danger to lower the bar of impeachment. The lawyers played clips of what Democrats said during the Clinton impeachment. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment supported by one of our major political parties and opposed by the other. Future presidents will face election, then litigation, then impeachment. The power of the president will diminish in the face of the Congress, a phenomenon much feared by the founding fathers. I expect history will show that we've lowered the bar on impeachment so much. We have broken the seal on this extreme penalty so cavalierly that it will be used as a routine tool to fight political battles. My fear is that when a Republican wins the White House, Democrats will demand payback. You were right. But I'm sorry to say you were also prophetic. Throughout the impeachment trial, we've been getting questions from listeners about how all of this works. And Beth Cagle had a really good one. My question is, how are we paying for the president's private lawyers? Is this been done before in the past? And why are we paying for his private lawyers? Shouldn't he be working with somebody within the government? We asked Ann Marimo, our legal affairs reporter, for the answer. For the impeachment specifically, the president has two sets of lawyers. He has his private attorneys who are being paid with private money, and then he has the White House counsel's office attorneys who are paid by taxpayers. Their salaries are government-funded salaries. So for the private set of lawyers, we determined by looking at campaign finance reports that the Republican National Committee is picking up the bill. In addition, we have the president defended in his official capacity by the White House counsel's office, and they each receive a taxpayer-paid salary of between $168,000 and $183,000. So that's a separate set of lawyers from the private attorneys who are working hand-in-hand together to defend the president. I want to give you a little bit of an overview of what we plan to do today in our presentation. You will hear from a number of lawyers. So how many lawyers are there total, and, and who are they? Right. So Jay Sekulow is um, probably President Trump's longest-serving private attorney. It is our position as president's counsel that the president was at all time acting under his constitutional authority. He runs a nonprofit Christian legal organization in addition to having a private law firm. I expect you have heard American poet Carl Sandburg's summary of the trial lawyer's dilemma. Jane Raskin is a Florida-based attorney who I believe was recommended to President Trump by Jay Sekulow. In addition, we have... When the House managers gave you their presentation, 
when they submitted their brief, they repeatedly referenced Hunter Biden and Burisma. Pam Bondi, the they former Florida attorney general, is part of the president's team. She's um, being paid for by the government, working with the White House. Distinguished members of the Senate. <clears throat> and then on the private team. I stand before you today as I stood in 1973 and 1974 for the protection of the constitutional and procedural rights of Richard Nixon. President Trump recruited Alan Dershowitz, the former Harvard Law professor who represented O.J. Simpson and also Jeffrey Epstein. And then we have, of course... During the Clinton impeachment trial 21 years ago in this chamber... Kenneth Starr, the former independent counsel from the last impeachment of Bill Clinton. And I think if there's one thing that people know about lawyers, it's that they cost a lot of money. So all of these lawyers, how much is this costing? That's right. We don't know yet for sure how much it will cost. But what we know from history is for Bill Clinton, for his impeachment trial and all of the investigations that had dogged he and Mrs. Clinton, those bills totaled over $10 million. And unlike President Trump, who is using Republican National Committee funds to pay for his lawyers, the Clintons set up a separate nonprofit legal defense fund that raised money independently to cover those legal fees. And again, it was millions of dollars. And Hillary Clinton famously said that they, the Clintons left the White House dead broke because of all those bills. So what has changed? Why is President Trump paying for his legal bills in a different way than the Clintons paid for theirs? One thing that's different is that President Trump is in the middle of running for re-election. You'll remember Bill Clinton, this was in 98 and 99, was in his second term already. So there's a lot of fundraising energy right now around President Trump, and the president and his supporters are even using impeachment as a way to raise money. Another thing that's changed is in 2014, there was a measure, a campaign finance measure in a bigger bill that passed Congress that actually lifted the limits on what national party committees could raise. So instead of just being able to raise $35,500 from individuals, donors to the national party committees, including the RNC and the DNC, could spread around a total of $319,500 between three different funds within the party committee. So for conventions, building renovations, and legal funds. And that matters here because now there's this whole new fund for legal fees, like the ones that are being paid for President Trump. So it's kind of the perfect storm, right, where the rules have changed so that they can get more money. And then because of this upcoming election, there's sort of a driver for people to donate more. So are they actually donating more? Is impeachment bringing more money into the RNC? According to the RNC, since Nancy Pelosi formally announced the start of impeachment in late September, they say they've attracted 600,000 new donors energized by the investigation defending the president from impeachment. And in fact, President Trump has sent email solicitations around impeachment. So if all this money is flowing into the RNC, and they are using it for these lawyers' expenses, but is it so much money that they're actually going to profit off of this situation? Are they actually going to come out on top and be able to use that money for other things? President Trump is already raising record amount of money from his supporters. And as we've seen, the RNC has been able to transfer money from some joint fundraising accounts 
to pay for these legal fees. Um, We'll find out more on Friday when the next reports come out, but it's certainly been a huge boon to their fundraising efforts. Anne Marimo covers legal affairs for The Post. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. Find it at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts.